When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you ever wonder what therapists talk about over coffee? Well, we're three clinical psychologists, Dr. Diana Hill, Dr. Ray Littlewood, and Dr. Debbie Sorensen, and we'd like to welcome you to Psychologists Off the Clock. In this podcast, you'll get a glimpse into the books we read, the research we think is interesting, and the ideas from psychology that we use to thrive in our own lives. Our webpage is www.offtheclockpsych.com, and there you can find resources we mentioned in this episode, as well as other podcasts we've posted. You can also find us on iTunes, Facebook, and Twitter. Thanks for listening. Hi, Debbie. Hi, Ray. Yeah, I just wanted to start off by saying how much I enjoyed listening to the two-part episode that you and Diana did and the seven practices for flourishing in the new year. Glad you like it. And a big shout out to Diana because she really, uh, you know, prepared that material. She's not on this call today, but thank you, Diana. Yeah, yeah. Uh, It's a fantastic job. I was, as I was listening to it, I was really um, kind of resonating with the two parts. One about the wandering mind and kind of relatedly about the topic of embodiment and present moment awareness and and I think that the seven practices for flourishing in the new year is a wonderful way to set intentions that support well-being and value-driven behavior and um, it's a great launching off point for what I want to talk about today. Sounds good. Looking forward yeah. to hearing it. In today's episode, as you know, I've been wanting to develop a practice for slowing down after the holidays and during this time of transition in the new year to reflect on the past year um, and to be mindful about where I'm putting my energy in the new year by taking some time to really reflect back on the past year. Well, that sounds good. I'm glad we're going to do this because to me, I, I mean, I, I think that it, it doesn't necessarily have to fall on the new year, but it's a nice practice to do occasionally to just kind of reflect. And I think for me personally, the new year is a time that I just sort of naturally do that. It just feels like this transition point. It's a new year, one year is coming to an end, the holidays are over. It's kind of a time that I tend to do that myself. Yeah, and it's already kind of the middle of January, and I feel like it's been <laughs> two months since Christmas. So. I know. <laughs> so it's definitely, um, I don't know, applicable for me that slowing down is like a daily thing I need to mm-hmm. remind myself to mm-hmm. do. <laughs> So when I when I was initially thinking about how to to do this, I started with those kind of big picture questions that you know you see um, those types of questions in blogs and and even planners that are sort of self help oriented planners. They kind of start off the new year with let's think about 2016 and you know kinds of things like what are you most proud of accomplishing. What intentions had you set for 2016 and how did that go? What did you learn in 2016? Um, 
And, you know, to try to clarify the values that you want to apply for 2017. And for me, when I look at questions like this, I kind of notice that my mind becomes sort of like a highlighter. Um, I just pick out kind of the obvious stuff, the big changes or transitions with my kids or what they accomplished, what I accomplished, like the major events like vacations. It's almost like like if I was to look at my photos for the last year, like the things that I have the most photos of that I would pull out to make a photo book, like that's sort of what my mind does when I think about those kinds of questions. What I want to offer today is a practice for moving past that sort of highlighter review of the past year to a review that moves us from that big picture and to look more deeply at our experiences and how our experiences were shaped by our choices and how our choices were shaped by our values and and how our values really motivated us to where to put our energy. For me, like you said, that when you look at it that way, which is how I initially approach it myself, so I'm looking forward to hearing other ways to go deeper. I think you're right. It, it ends up being very accomplishment driven. So if, when I look back to the past year, I think about certain accomplishments that I had in my career. There were a couple, including this podcast and some yeah. other things I did, you know, that I'm proud of. And then I look at some goals that I had set and did I do it or did I not? And so I think that you're right in the sense that when I do that, it also does bring to mind the um, you know, goals I had set for myself where I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, kind of that didn't materialize over the course of the year where I didn't have just room to put any effort into those. So is there's a little sense of, oh, I didn't do that. So I need to do this this year. And it does, you know, it, there's some, some good stuff in there too, some stuff I'm proud of, but there's also that sense of, like you said, um, you know, falling short in some areas. Yeah. I you think know. it kind of, Yeah. Yeah, it sort of sets up this kind of evaluation mindset for me, right. anyway. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Yeah. What about for of, you? What are your examples from last from the last year? Do you have any that come to mind? You know, for me, I think I I tend to focus on the times that were actually really stressful. Yeah. And and then things turned out well. You know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's sort of like the overcoming adversity. That's mm-hmm. the part that my mind kind of goes to and and I think um yeah so that's kind of part of like picking out what went right you know Mm -hmm. I mean even though it was difficult or challenging it still turned out okay but but then I feel like it just it kind of I don't know it sets me up for the flip side of that so what was stressful and didn't go right or Uh what didn't get done um kind of that negative filter like what would have been better and maybe I should plan for that this year and then Mm -hmm. my sort of planning brain kicks in and you know boom I'm out of that reflective mode and into like future mode of like let's let's take more camping vacations because that was really an awesome thing that we were able to do you know three times last year but Gosh, our schedule was so busy and we need to cut some, you know, it's just, yeah, you get into that, (laughs) right? Yeah. Mommy manager mode. (laughs) Do you know one year, um, my friend Karen, I saw her on, um, New Year's Eve and I, that particular year I had a, an 
baby, a young baby and a toddler. And my husband had just changed jobs. And I was just, my life was just, you know, kind of a hot mess. Um. And I told her this year, I'm going to declutter the house and get back in shape. And I listed like 10 things. And she just looked at me and she said, maybe you should just aim for survival. And yeah. I, just, I was like, yeah. I mean, I just yeah. kind of was in this place of stress and I immediately, you know, took on way too much. Yeah. It felt stressful. Like maybe, yeah. Like maybe just get a full night of sleep. Yeah. More often than not. Maybe take a shower yeah. once in a while. It might be a, more yeah. realistic. Yeah. 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 So I really, I, I think it's good to have a sense of humor when you're doing this process because I think you've got to be able to reflect not just on like what you've done, but sort of how you how you do that and what you do to yourself if the self-critic sort of jumps in and makes it all about what you haven't done, then that can really set you up for, you know, a, a different or maybe not the mindset that you want going forward, yeah. right? Like if you're setting your New Year's intentions with the self-critic voice, then that's going to be a very different agenda, right? Then Absolutely. If you're using your sort of self-compassionate uh, self. Mm -hmm. So in compassion-focused therapy, Paul Gilbert uh, distinguishes between compassionate self-correction and shame-based self-attacking. And just briefly, he says that self-criticism is connected to fear and threat perception, whereas self-compassion is connected to striving for well-being and contentment. And research shows that we are more attentive to threats than to positives. And especially when we're stressed out or we feel threatened or pressured, we're more likely to focus on memories that are biased in that direction. And we forget or we're less able to access memories of positive events. So the practice that I want to introduce for reflecting on 2016 today is called compassionate refocusing. And this is a practice that um, Paul Gilbert talks about um, for cultivating our compassionate self. So in a nutshell, compassionate refocusing uses mindfulness techniques to activate the soothing system and disengage from the threat system. And I think, I know, I know that we've talked a little bit about this in previous podcasts, mm -hmm. just about that. We've talked a lot about self-compassion. I think maybe we talked about it in the self-compassion episode with Diana. Yeah, I think uh, so. Mm -hmm. But so... The way that we do this is really purposefully directing your attention toward compassion, insights, and feelings. It's this process of shifting our attention from rumination on the negative or worry um, to positive qualities in ourselves and in our relationships and in our experiences moment to moment. So with all that set up, hopefully, we're ready to talk about how to apply this in the new year in this process of reflection. So the very first question that kind of set it up so that we have an alternative set of questions to ask ourselves. So we can still use this as kind of a journaling exercise or something that we talk about with clients or friends. Um, so the first question is really very simple. I want you to ask yourself, when in the last year was I content? I like that. That's a great way to think about it. Yeah. I want you to kind of think about and reflect on kind of the smaller pieces of life. So your daily routine, the elements of self-care or nurturing or connection that you experienced in your day-to-day -day life. And it might be helpful to really just look at, 
habits that you have either worked to um, develop or habits that you fall into naturally and recognize how you set up your day-to-day life to increase pleasant moments and positive feelings and how we tend to look forward um, at our day or our week when we are intentional about being present for those small but really meaningful moments of contentment in the routine. Mm-hmm. So for me, I was, you know, I was just thinking about getting up in the morning and having a cup of coffee that my husband lovingly sets the timer for oh, <laughs> whenever yeah. I want. And just sitting on the couch you know, sometimes with no children bothering me and sometimes with them, you know, already actively <laughs> into the day and just, you know, really trying to be mindful about um, starting the day uh, kind of slowly. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. something that I really look forward to. And then again, in parallel at the end of the day, getting in bed with my cup of tea. It's always drink related to me. I don't know. <laughs> Beverages. <factor in>. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, how about for you? Well, you know, to me, I've always found that period right around sort of dinner time to be a little bit of that. We call it the bewitching hour sometimes because that feels, uh, you know, just there's like dinner and everybody's a little, you know, tired and tired. And I, I was pretty happy that we got into a better habit this year of just setting the the standard of cooking dinner almost every night. I mean, which mm-hmm. it hasn't always been the case and just making that a practice and sitting down to a meal together and everybody's just in that routine. And there's that nice moment when we all come together and share our day. And um, it's really, I think over this last year, that's something that just got to be more of a standard. So it's very yeah. turned into a really enjoyable daily activity. It still can be yeah. a little hectic, but it's just kind of more of a practice now. Yeah, yeah. And if you're focusing more on sort of kind of how you're approaching that experience rather than like, we've got to get this done and, you know, we have to have dinner at six o'clock. It's like, it's a very different experience, right? Right. Well, and our uh, more devoted listeners who heard the one that we recorded a long time ago on Higa will be Uh happy to know that I now have gotten over my fear of candles and we like candles at dinner just to try to instill a little Danish coziness. Um, which adds to the ambiance. <laughs> yeah, totally. So I just want to encourage listeners to take a little bit of time to just reflect uh, on the moments when you felt most content and to recognize that a lot of what our mind does is set us up to focus on the things that are the either negative or just like the big things and really like shifting your focus to kind of those those daily events that are sort of the glue that that holds our life together, that that's a good setup for compassionate self. Hmm. Uh, if you if you don't mind, I want to read something, Ray, that I had shared with you before when we were preparing this um, that I think is so relevant to this. So I have mentioned this book. It's called Mitten Strings for God, Reflections for Mothers in a Hurry. Um, which isn't really, you know, religious or about God per se, but it's more about kind of slowing down as a parent and just being kind of in the moment. And um, <clears throat> she writes about the author of a book, Cold Sassy Tree, named Olive Ann Burns, who had had cancer. And um, after she died, they found this writing that she had done 
Um, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a little quote here that I think is so relevant. She said, I've learned to quit speeding through life, always trying to do too many things too quickly without taking the time to enjoy each day's doings. I think I always thought of real living as being high. I don't mean on drugs. I mean real living was falling in love or when I got my first job or when I was able to help somebody or watch my baby get born or have a good morning of really good writing. In between the highs, I was impatient. You know how it is. Life just seems so daily. Now I love the dailiness. I enjoy washing dishes. I enjoy cooking. I see my father's roses out the kitchen window. I like picking beans. I notice everything. Bird songs, the clouds, the sound of the wind, the glory of sunshine after two weeks of rain. These things I took for granted before. Mm. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. Well, and I hope, I mean, I think for her it was really sort of the cancer um, that helped her appreciate those daily moments, but I'm hoping that maybe we can all take a moment to appreciate that, those little things, you know? Yeah, yeah definitely. Anytime. So the second practice or question to, to that I want to use for us reflecting on our past year in a way that, that sort of feeds our compassionate self, this one is called Compassion Flowing In. And the setup for this is that you ask yourself or someone that you're working with to um, recall a memory um, from the past year when someone was kind to you. So this is kind of, you know, doing it sort of in a mindful way, setting up, closing your eyes, kind of imagining or remembering a moment where somebody was kind to you. And allowing yourself to kind of go back to that feeling of being cared for and nurtured. And this is often really difficult for people who are struggling with anxiety or depression or feeling disconnected. And so it's a way to help sort of cultivate that compassionate self. So what you want to do is spend some time focusing on the kinds of things that that person said, the tone of their voice, the feeling of emotion in that person, kind of remembering what they are taking a guess at what they really felt for you at that moment. And then focusing on the whole experience and your feelings of gratitude or joy or relief or validation and allowing yourself to remember what it felt like to be helped and spend some time with appreciating that. So that's something that can help kind of shift our perspective on the last year from kind of accomplishments to kind of those more um, interpersonal moments. So, yeah, I mean, a bunch of them kind of jump out at me. One of them has to do with uh, my dog who's been, his health has been really declining in the last year. And we finally found a, a specialist vet who was able to kind of really diagnose and help us understand what was happening and sort of what the trajectory was going forward. And so when I did this, um, I kind of practiced using that moment where she was just really, just really remained pretty compassionate, but kind of in this, in this way that was really acknowledging how hard it was because our dog is, you know, he's not going to get better with the problems that he's having. Mm. 
you know, it was like this contrast moment of like being in this veterinary office with my dog, but just kind of focusing on the way that she talked and how she took her time and kind mm. of went, went slowly through talking with us. She wasn't in a hurry and um, I kind of cried a little bit and she just stayed with me. She didn't run out of the room. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, so that was kind of one moment that jumped out at me. Just you- really caring. Yeah. 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 I have a moment that comes to mind. I just, this really came back to me when you were talking and it's something that actually happened years ago with a complete stranger. I was at a cafe getting a coffee on my way to go teach a class. And this was when I was like lecturing, you know, years ago and I spilled, I can't even remember. I like spilled the whole coffee all over myself and just made this big sort of scene and it was embarrassing. And then I was going to go teach a class with coffee. I mean, like, (laughs) Not just a drop, like a whole, you know, half a cup or something down my shirt. And this woman just came over and helped me clean it up. But she was also just like, oh, you poor thing, you know, you poor Mm. thing. Are you okay? And she was so kind to a total stranger that when I walked away, I cried. I mean, I cried Uh, a little bit out of embarrassment and just sort of feeling flustered. Overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. But more out of just the absolute kindness that she, she was just so kind and caring to have stopped and helped me out and checked in with me and yeah one that I want to talk about is sort of the flip side of this and this is called compassion flowing out so this is uh, the setup here is to recall a memory from the past year of time of a time when you felt compassionate So bring to mind a time when you felt compassionate toward another person or an animal and spend some time remembering what it felt like in your body to have those feelings of kindness and warmth and concern and think about your tone of voice and the kinds of things you said or did or wanted to say or do but didn't at the time and spend some time remembering the pleasure of being kind Mm. and for me this is just I I can't think about anything other than parenting you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) I just sort of get flooded (laughs) with with um you know memories of you know every day there's something that comes up in the life of a little kid where it's just like ah Mm -hmm. I don't like this isn't how I want it to be and you know and it's just it's just so such a reminder for me to when in those moments where I can really sort of acknowledge and help my kid validate, yeah, this is really hard and oh, you're feeling sad and oh, you're feeling disappointed and yeah, and to be, you know, to be mindful that for a lot of us, what can easily come right on the heels of this is those times when we weren't compassionate or we want to beat ourselves up about how we, you know, wish we would have done it differently. And so I just want to, you know, sort of caution everybody that, you know, this is the this is the dialectic of the compassionate versus critic self. And when I'm talking about this, um, you know, even for myself or I'm sure for you too, you know, it's going to happen that you are trying to really focus on these compassionate either compassion coming in or compassion going out and and the self-critic can jump right in the middle of all of that and 
and mess mm-hmm. it up. Mm-hmm. It's hard to stay in that <laughs> compassionate place toward yourself for very long. You're right. Yeah. 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 And it's sometimes it's like, it's really hard to even get there for oh, people. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, um, so yeah. So if you're working with somebody or if you're, you know, talking about this with a friend, um, it can sometimes really be helpful to have guidance through this, like having, you know, asking somebody else, like, you know, what's an example from your life where you acted compassionately? And I think those kinds of examples help us to recognize that it doesn't have to be this like Mother Teresa moment where we like, you know, right. <laughs> saved someone from some disaster and made everything okay. It's really just like the process of, of building the compassion itself is just when we feel um, when we are in moments that we might feel stressed, that we recognize that we have this sort of choice point of um, attacking ourselves and trying to get rid of whatever the problem is or whatever we're stressed about versus saying, you know what, Ugh, like this is this is that moment where I, you know, I can't change it right now. Mm-hmm. And I really just it's just going to be hard right now. And a much better or more helpful response would be just to be gentle and care for myself or for whoever is having the difficulty at that time. Well, for me, something I find helpful at those kind of choice point moments is if I can, it's, I, I don't always do this, but if I can just check in with my humanity about this, that we all struggle, we all suffer, we all go through these hard periods and, and we're human, you know, and not to put so much pressure on ourselves to, you know, to just recognize the humanness in those experiences and that we're doing the best we can most of the time, you know, and yeah, it's okay that life is hard sometimes. That's just how it goes for everyone. The last practice question is, again, just a simple one to ask yourself for the past year, what went well and why? And this is a practice from positive psychology that actually you are, people are encouraged to do it daily. It's called the three blessings exercise. And it's really designed to increase well-being by focusing our attention on what's going well so that we can activate that soothing system rather than the threat system. And asking yourself at the end of each day what went well and why sets up your mind to change the filter from that self-critic or the person who feels overwhelmed or anxious to, you know, really look at your strengths, right? Mm, your strengths yeah. or, or the positive things that are happening. It seems to me like a slightly different take, but very similar to that gratitude practice that a lot of people really encourage, which is just more about focusing on the you know, the things that are going well, just to shift. Yeah, I think that adding the why at the end sort uh-huh. of forces people to to possibly take credit, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they could they could come up with something else, like <laughs> someone else was nice just to because, hear something. Right. right? But, um, but yeah, it sort of is a way to, to focus on what's going well, but also a sen- having a sense of, I have some control over what mm-hmm. goes well. Yeah. Those are the, the questions that I wanted to cover. So we talked about starting with 
what were the times that you felt content? And then we moved to talking about um, moments where someone um, was kind to you and you experienced compassion sort of coming in. And then the flip side of that, times where you felt compassion towards somebody and were able to express that or just sit with that. And then, yeah, the last one was just to focus on what was going well. And and that's really one that I think we can take forward into our daily lives for 2017 and just, you know, give it a try and see what happens. Ask yourself to come up with three things at the end of each day and, and see how that might change your your intentions for the new year. I like it. I'm going to give it a try. I do. I notice as, as we've, as we've talked about this, that I do feel that shift from that sort of, you know, achievement goal oriented mode of thinking about the old year and the new year into something that feels very different. Yeah. Uh, so thank you, Ray. These are really great um, suggestions and um, I'm going to give it a try. Great. Thank you. I will work on it too. And okay. Good. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Okay, okay. Thank you so much. Take bye, care. Ray. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Psychologists Off the Clock. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and iTunes. You can also find us at www.offtheclockpsych.com. That's offtheclockpsych.com. Music by John Goo and Susie Stevens.